it's utilizing your strengths and, you know, uh, joining with others so that you can be a powerful force for good. And so I, I think in, in, in entrepreneurship and business in general and life in general, knowing yourself and your gifts and what you do well and what you maybe need help with is so important. Hustle culture is cute in theory, but eventually it leads to burnout and lack of fulfillment. Then again, as enticing as it sounds to sit in meditation for years as a monk, abandoning Western culture altogether is not really an option for most of us. So where is the in-between? I like to think of it as a world where dreaming big and living slow coexist. I'm Tia, host of Dream Big Live Slow, a podcast for entrepreneurs like myself seeking a life of soul-filled work that still allows time for those slow moments that make us feel the most alive. Join me as we break down realistic mindfulness tools used by real entrepreneurs working towards a life of both dreaming big and living slow. Also, be sure to check out the end of every solo cast episode for free guided meditations. All right, let's do this thing. Friends, hey, hi, hello, how you doing? You know I actually want to know the answer to that question, so if you will, please connect with us. Connect with us on Instagram at dreambigliveslow, or you can do my page at tlaray where I share a lot of my writing. And yeah, I just want to, as per usual, start this off by saying I'm so eternally grateful for you. And I would love to hear from you, whether that's a review, reaching out on Instagram, emailing me, or if you just did me a solid and told a friend, if you enjoy this episode, tell a friend, say, hey friend, I think you would enjoy this episode as well. Oh my gosh, what a, what a hug that would be for me. Andrea is absolutely incredible. And I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. She is one of the sweetest souls I have ever met. So before we get started, there are no sponsorships to this podcast, but because of that, our sole intention is to connect with like-minded humans and share these messages with as many people as possible. So if you can help us spread the word, that would be lovely. Love you all so much. Here's the episode. All right. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am thrilled because I have my sweet, sweet friend, Andrea Lowe, on the podcast. She is an Enneagram coach based in Denver, Colorado, but she coaches, you know, nationwide, worldwide, (laughs) virtually, whatever. But I'm just so, so excited to have her here with us for the next, you know, 30 minutes, an hour to pick her brain about all things Enneagram. And she's also an educator, a teacher. She is just the sweetest soul. So thank you so much for being here, Andrea. I can't wait to share your story. Well, thank you for having me. So can we just get started by, I want to hear about kind of your path to coaching. How did you get started with this work? I I have always, well, maybe not always, but in my adult life, I have really enjoyed personality types and just getting diving deeper into that and really getting to know myself and others better through them. And oh man, maybe like seven, eight years ago, I started hearing this funny name, Enneagram, and seeing it everywhere. And so I kind of 
just started looking into it. And at the time, I was in a very unhealthy place. I was a director at a nonprofit. And through the Enneagram, I realized that some of the behaviors that I thought were healthy are very unhealthy. So that might sound like an oxymoron, but I'm I'm an Enneagram type two. And so our uh, our inclination is to help and to not say no. No is a bad word. So if someone asks me for something, as long as I don't have to move the world to do it, then then it's a yes. And so what I was doing was just, you know, really burning myself out. And I was saying yes to things that I didn't want to do that I shouldn't have been doing because they weren't in my skill set. And I just was in just such an unhealthy place. And the Enneagram really helped me identify that I needed boundaries, that saying no is actually the best thing you can do because when you say no, it frees you up for those those good yeses, the things that I should be doing and putting more energy toward. Um, So I left that job and just started really digging into the Enneagram and the power that I found in in realizing, oh my goodness, like identifying these unhealthy traits actually points me towards growth if I will allow it to do that. So I then took a, a course online and became a certified Enneagram coach because I want others to to find that same freedom with with realizing like, Hey, you are valued the way you are. You don't have to be someone else. You don't have to be all things to everyone. And, and so that's kind of how it started. And, and it's really grown from there. I didn't know what to expect. I just knew it was such a powerful tool for me. And I wanted to um, offer that to other people as well. Ah, okay. I have chills. I love your story so much. And I think people will find so much value in that. I love how, you know, you have had this, you are a teacher first, correct? And, you know, you take that skill set and turn it into, you know, finding like your true passion. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you mesh the two of like your skill set and your deeper like purpose and, you know, how that helps you stay motivated in your business? I... I tell people I am a teacher by heart and trade. It's always just been embedded in me. And I'm, I'm an encourager that those I know are my strengths. And for years, I actually didn't think that being an encourager was very much of a strength because it's, it's not like a powerful one on the surface. But as I really learned what encouragement is and encouragement is speaking to people's souls. It's not the the surface level compliments like, oh, your hair is so pretty, or I really like your outfit, but really seeing and noticing who people are and calling that out in them. And so as a teacher, I have the opportunity to pour into students, whether they're children or adults or or a mix. And as a coach, I get to really just look at a person and pull that out and call out the things, the lies that they're believing. And so I think it just is a beautiful mesh and it uses my skill set so well. And had I not done the work, the previous work, I don't think I would have been ready to be a coach because I didn't understand the power that that my gifts have. And also just being 
quieter and being more gentle in nature, I, it took me a long time to step into my own power as a leader, even though I'm not, you know, an assertive force or a strong force necessarily. I, I do have a powerful presence that I'm learning to, to utilize in the leadership sphere. So that really is where my passion of teaching leadership and coaching, how they all kind of mesh. Oh my gosh, Andrea, I could listen to you talk. I'm just realizing here, I could listen to you talk for like days. Like you truly <laughs> do. We should, I should say we met at a business retreat, Susie's school mm-hmm. and um, which I've talked about a few times on here, but um, because I've met so many incredible, powerful entrepreneurs, <laughs> like that is my favorite part about Susie's school is the people that we connected with. And I you truly have a way of helping people feel so seen and heard. And I I won't forget that, um, the way that you made me feel and everyone else at the retreat. So I, I want to talk a little bit about your journey in business then of how the Enneagram has, you know, how you see the tie to helping you run a business better and and do business better. And sometimes I feel like, I don't know why, icky about the word like doing business because you're coaching people. (laughs) And that's what, you know, as teaching mindfulness and meditation, I feel the same way of like, it's not really like I'm trying to sell you. It's like, but how has it helped you, you know, guide people better and lead better by knowing yourself better in a way? I think... First and foremost, in any kind of business, I can, I'm not a salesperson, but I really believe that this is a powerful tool and it's helped me. And so I think that has just been the foundation for any business, any workshop, any coaching that I've done has been based on this foundation of, I actually believe what I'm doing. Mm. And I tell people, I'm not passionate about the Enneagram. I think it's a great tool. I'm passionate about people. And so with that whole frame of reference, I think that helps me not feel like you said, just icky in that sense, because I truly care about the people that I am coaching, that I'm hosting in workshops. And I don't want to be just someone that is trying to sell a bunch of things to get rich fast or something like that. I'm genuinely wanting to give them resources to be a a more healthy and productive team or to be a more well-developed leader or, you know, whatever, whatever the, the objectives are for that specific workshop or that specific coaching session, I genuinely just want to be a resource for them. And I hope that they walk away feeling empowered and, and just more encouraged in what, whatever they're pursuing themselves. So I don't know if that answered. Did that answer your question? No, like, okay. absolutely it did. Yeah. I I see, oh gosh, I'm I was thinking about you you said something and it, I was totally in, like just mesmerized by what you were saying. So then I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but you know, how talking about the Enneagram, which I know it's not like your sole purpose, but like I think that it is a cool tool for entrepreneurs and business owners. How do 
how do people find their type? Like what really is the Enneagram, I guess, if for people that don't know? And how do people even get started in in using it in the best way? The Enneagram really in simple terms is just a typology that um, suggests that there are nine dominant personality types, like in its simplest form. And I think our culture and maybe just people in general want something that they can go take a test, plug things in, and then the the outcome pops out. This is who you are. This is, you know, these are your strengths. This is what you need to work on. But the Enneagram, there are tests, and I really don't recommend people taking a test because the Enneagram is so different from other personality types and uh, typologies in that it doesn't measure the behavior, it measures the motivation of the person. And that's really hard to measure accurately in a test. Mm. And so I recommend just, you can go online and just reading about each of the types. And there's usually going to be something that sticks out really strongly, you know, in two or three, maybe, and then just digging deeper. But looking at the core motivations is what I tell people to look at. So you know, what, what is really the motivation of why you do what you do? Not, I mean, we can all have any behavior. We can all be manipulative, but we're manipulative for different reasons to, you know, satisfy something that we need satisfied within us. It's not like that is a personality type, just like leadership is not a personality type. It's, it's utilizing your strengths and you know, uh, joining with others so that you can be a powerful force for good. And so I, I think in, in, in entrepreneurship and business in general and life in general, knowing yourself and your gifts and what you do well and what you maybe need help with is so important when you're running a business. I know, you know, this, you can't do it all. Mm -hmm. And so you have to know, okay, this, I need to stay in my lane and I can hire this stuff out or I can, you know, find another way to have this satisfied, this part satisfied for me, but I can't do it all, especially now that you have a baby and just, you know, if you want to have a life in a business, you've got to learn to delegate. So I think it's just important for us to know what we do well and maybe what we need help with. And there's no shame. There's no problem with, with needing help. In fact, that's how we grow strong businesses and strong teams is is by the people that we surround ourselves with. Yes, I think I think it's even yeah, the structure of your business is what I was thinking about when you were talking. Like the knowing yourself helps you even structure like knowing I don't work well, you know, on or I procrastinate. Like that's a, you know, a common thing. Just the more you know yourself, the more you know how you can structure your business to set yourself up for success too. Have you seen that in some of, you know, the work that you've done and even yourself? Oh my goodness. Yes. I, so just going back to Susie's school, I, I coach at our method retreats and it is incredible to see what people are building and what they're doing. And I think it's so neat to see when they get these moments of, oh, what if I structured it like this? Or what if I actually, you know, incorporated this web, you know, this web resource or something that would really help um, streamline the business or, you know, 
And and there's so much power too when you're around other people and you're seeing what others are doing and you're like, I have been limiting myself to this one, this is how it has to be. And there's no cookie, cookie cutter way to, you know, run a perfect business. And I so I love the creativity that people have, but I think when you realize you're like who you are as a person and maybe the people that you need to surround yourself with that will help strengthen you. So for me, I, I need a stronger personality for certain tasks because I'm not necessarily that force, but we balance each other out where I can bring in more of that gentle, you know, presence. They can be maybe more of the like driving force, if that makes sense. I love that. Yeah. That's so fascinating. I'm like trying to think of um, some examples for my own personality type. I I am a two or a two, a seven. <laughs> I was thinking about yours. <laughs> a seven mostly. And so, you know, my my core motivation is like freedom and uh you know and my and my tendencies when i am in an unhealthy place is to be scattered if i am overworking myself and stuff and and so i think like there are really powerful ways to just learn more about yourself and through the enneagram and just see how how you can best be even productive or you know, take care of yourself. So how have you seen it even in your self-care of how you kind of give yourself rest, which was the point of this podcast. (laughs) The rest is equally as important as the work. Oh, absolutely. I, I think it just comes down to, to learning that no is not a bad word and learning to set these boundaries around my time and knowing and giving myself really the permission to say no, even if my calendar didn't have anything on it. But if I needed that time, it was okay for me to say yes. One of my pastors years ago, that he he was teaching, I don't even know what he was teaching on. And that was kind of an aside that he said. And that clicked so much. And it took me years to really embrace that. And it still is hard in a lot of senses, especially if it's somebody close. And I'm like, oh man, you know, it's that... I I feel like I should or need to do that. But he said, just, you know, you need that margin. And just because your calendar is free doesn't mean you have to say yes. And that has been so powerful to me that I get to control. (laughs) I get to control my time and where I put my energy. And like I said earlier, you know, I can say yes to all all of these things. But if I'm not, if I'm not saying wise yeses, then I am not able to put as much energy and, you know, excellence into what I'm supposed to be doing. That's huge. So I think that's probably, yeah, that was the biggest thing. And you said something earlier too, you said you're mostly a seven. And I want to touch on that really quick because I think people are kind of turned off by personality tests sometimes because they feel like they're going to be boxed in. Mm -hmm. But I, I want everyone to know, like, you have every single type within you. Like, we are complex, dynamic beings, period. We, we cannot be boxed in. We cannot be fully understood, which is why I, I don't want people to lead with the question, what's your Enneagram type? Because we don't need to know someone's Enneagram type to, to be able to love them and to know them as a person. That's going to tell us a lot of stereotypical behaviors and... right. 
you know, things, but it's not going to tell us the person. So I love that you said that because it's so true. That's, you know, your dominant type is a seven, but you, you are complex. You've got all of these experiences and, you know, the way you were raised and everything that, that plays into who you are as a person. Yes. That's really, really, really important. I think. And going back to the saying no, because I do, I do love that for entrepreneurs. I don't think, you know, I get really caught up in, oh, I need to be grateful for the opportunities that come my way and say yes to everything because of that. And, and, you know, someone will be like, are you free, you know, for this date for a shoot? And I'll be like, well, yeah, I'm free. So I, you know, literally it's just a mind game. So yes. I really, really value that piece of advice to just because you're free, it doesn't mean that you're available. Like emotionally and physically, you know, rest is equally as important. So, oh my goodness, absolutely. Otherwise, we are just running ourselves into the ground and then we're not good for anyone, for ourselves, our families, or, you know, the work that we're we're supposed to be doing. We're just tired. And that is something that I hope for entrepreneurs is that when people ask how you're doing that, your first response isn't like, oh, I'm tired. Like build that rest in for yourself and know your limits and surround yourself with people that will help you accomplish what you want to accomplish, but that will also hold you accountable to being just a well person, you know, for your your own well-being. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do feel like that is the biggest struggle of entrepreneurship is learning your capacity mm-hmm. as one person, learning your capa- how you work best, how much rest you do need and what kind of rest. But I, I have been thinking a lot about how our relationships, it's kind of weird because if you want to put your relationships first, which I always say relationships, the, the my loved ones, yes. those are the most important that's the most important thing to me in this lifetime. And oddly enough, if I want to put them first, yes. I have to put myself before those relationships. Yes. Otherwise, I'm not showing up. And it's kind of counterintuitive, but really important. So when you are in your business, you know we all have goals and dreams for our businesses, for the impact we want to have on the world and stuff. How do you kind of set healthy boundaries with dreaming so you're not getting so caught up in the future and always needing more in order to be fulfilled? Yeah, I think that is a great question. And I think, so it's interesting. Yes, I have dreams and goals for my life. However, I am not as much of a dream, like a big picture. I I am so like individualized, if that makes sense. So like people focused and here. And so it's, sometimes it's harder for me actually to dream big. And I know, you know, Enneagram sevens that that typically is one of your strengths is that an eights and some people can dream so, so big. And I think that either way, there's, there's a, mm, what's the right word? Maybe like there could be a detriment, right? Like you could be too focused on the future and you can be too focused in the now without that balance. But what I tell people is, okay, like for big dreamers that I work with, especially at, at our retreats or other places, 
that that's great. But what's your, what is like the next step? What's the priority dream to help you get to those higher dreams? Because if you're focused so much on this big picture, that to me seems overwhelming. And I, I would have no, I would understand why people would just be like, okay, I can't do that. That's just too much. But really setting realistic goals, like, okay, so to get to this bigger goal, what are the smaller steps that I need to do? And then for me doing the opposite, okay, this, right, I love what I'm doing. What it, what would steps be to, to growing this, you know, so instead of just in person, obviously 2020 made it to where virtual was not really an option. It was a necessity, but you know, how can I expand that reach and, and multiply my efforts in ways that maybe I wouldn't necessarily do naturally, if that makes sense, because I'm so focused on like, oh, yeah, these are my people. This is what I want to do. So I think that there's a healthy balance both ways. If you are a big dreamer, what are those next steps to reach, you know, one of those goals even or two, whatever you're working on right now. And for those who tend to be more in the present, what are some things that you can do to grow and it doesn't have to be huge things just what's what's the next step and i would say that that would be my advice for anyone in in business what what's your next step to to growth or to you know whatever your goal is it might not even be growth but to expansion or reach or whatever it is yeah yeah i mean that is like kind of the the meaning behind the name of the podcast dream big live slow is finding that sweet spot to do both. So you're not so focused and engulfed in in dreaming big that you can't be here and then not so living slow that you're complacent in a way. So a little bit of both. Exactly. Can you talk a little bit about some of the common things that come up when you're at when you're coaching these business retreats that you know, is is really pivotal for people to become aligned and remain aligned and passionate about the work that they're doing. So we see people at all different levels. And I think what I see as a pattern, regardless of where people are, is sometimes people lose vision. They They get so overwhelmed with with what they could be that they forget where they are, or they're looking side to side at what this person's doing and what that person's doing and what they're not doing. I think comparison is a huge trap that we can fall into. Or when we try to emulate or copy someone and, and it just goes against who we are. And maybe you, you come off too salesy or you, you come off to, uh, you know, influencery when that is not who you are. And so I think it's so important for people to know who they are to, and to know their lane and to be comfortable enough with who they are that they can say, I am not going to be for everyone. Like I'm not for everyone. I, you know, there are people who would coach them much better than me, but I need to focus and know, know my niche, know who, know who I'm talking to so that when they do come i'm confident that i can that i can provide provide the support that they need and want for their businesses or personally so i i would say common themes are just people honestly having no idea and losing sight of that vision why did you get started in the first place 
So if you lose sight of that vision, you have no idea what your next steps are because you don't know what you're working toward. You, you've got all of these other influences. So really, um, I think helping people just narrow that focus and what is it that you are doing? Why And why did you get into this in the first place? Yeah. And going from there. And, and I think once you have that firm foundation, it's so much easier to, to move forward and actually be able to measure your success. Am I moving in the way I want to, you know, otherwise it's just free for all. And you have no, you have no idea how to measure your success. That's powerful. Yeah. I, I definitely think so many will resonate with the fact that comparing when you are in your business and you know you're trying to learn and learn business and and learn how to do this thing it's really easy to get the opinions of others in your head and how they think you should be doing things and it can be incredibly overwhelming yeah i have had my moments where i'm just so overwhelmed <laughs> with yeah. the guidance of others that is so well intentioned but i'm like why isn't this feeling aligned? You know, yeah. when it feels, when you feel it in your body, it's like your intuition knows wh- how you need to do things. It'll it'll guide you, and and even even like you know, trusting in the divine. I know you know your faith is huge for you, and that is huge for me as well. In in knowing my path and trusting that I'm on the right one, right? And I think. All of that, yes. We we have to know. We have to be comfortable with who we are. Otherwise, we are going to be a poor, um, poor mimic, a poor like copy, carbon copy of other people. And we already have that person. We don't need. We don't need that. We need you, and we need you to show up the way that that you're supposed to be showing up in the world because that's that's where you are most powerful. That's where you're going to have the most influence. That's where you are going to have the most success. That's so good. Andrea, what's something that, you know, in the beginning of your journey, you kind of wish someone would have told you? I know that might be a hard question to go back that far. (laughs) I wish... I wish that I, and I don't know that anyone didn't tell me this, but I wish that I would have believed that it's okay to fail and it's okay to try. And just because I'm not going, just if I don't think I'm going to do something perfectly or well, I don't do it. It's hard. Risk is hard for me. And I just wish that I would have been told failure is not final and that every failure just gives you the experience you need in life. And you learn and you move on and it's not it's not the end of the world. And I just I wish I wish that I would have been told that and believed that. You know, I I don't like I said I don't know that I never was told that, but I know I never believed that. And I, I guess just being around people who are wildly successful, they have so many stories of quote unquote failure that actually turned out to be the biggest blessings in their, in their success and in their paths. And so that's what I wish I would have known. And that's what I want other people to know. I want children to, to have that freedom to fail. And I want them to know that it's not final. Okay. You, you messed up, you did something wrong. You know, we, we won't do that again. (laughs) We will change course. We will we will tweak some things. Ah, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. In mindfulness, 
there is this saying in the mindfulness world, I guess, there's a saying, no mud, no lotus. So like, you know, you can't have, you know, the beautiful, what you're, you know, the beautiful results without some of, some of the hard and, and sticky and messy. And so I think it's, it's really beautiful metaphor for exactly what you were saying. Totally. And I've gotten into plant propagation recently, but I am so, I, it just blows my mind the the linear or the, like how, how the seasons of the earth mimic our lives so much and that we need different seasons. But years ago I, I heard and learned that often uh, the water has to be withheld from a plant in order for its roots to go deep so that it will like really anchor its roots deep into that soil. Otherwise it has shallow roots and shallow roots cannot sustain a huge tree and a huge life. And how beautiful is that when we go through hard times, that that is actually not a punishment, but it's often just allowing our roots to go deeper. So we have that strong foundation so that we can be this big, beautiful life that we're supposed to be. I love that. (laughs) I love that so much. That's so good. Bookmark that. Write that down. (laughs) That's good. I want to write that on my wall. So Andrea, how can people how can people work with you and you know learn from your wisdom? What are the best ways to connect with you? I love to connect on Instagram. I'm on every social media, Andrea and Low. And I I think, you know, I love when people just DM if they have questions. I do have a website. So if you want to book a conference or a speaking you know, engagement or something like that. I, I do have a website for that, but I, I really love to hear people's stories. And even if it, if it's a team, I love to hear just the history of what's the, what is the organization's mission and vision? What is, why are we pouring into this team? Because I want, I want there to be like, we've been talking about a goal. I don't want it to just be like, let me teach you about the Enneagram, but really how can this be a tool to help you reach that goal? But yeah, my website, but Instagram is always a fun place just to send me a DM or say, Hey, I I would love to hear and, and learn more about, I just love to learn about people. So Incredible. Okay. Last question before we wrap up today, I could talk to you forever, but with the name being dream big, live slow, I guess I want to know what does dream big, live slow mean to you? Ooh, good question. I think for me, dreaming big is, is almost an escape, like, um, but in a good way. Right. So we, I, I, it's so easy for me to, to know my limitations and to say, Oh, I can never do that. But dreaming big allows me to just like shuck those off and just allow myself to, to dream and have this huge vision, which is exciting to me. And i I'm learning to do that, especially just from the women that I have been around this last year who do dream so big and they don't, they don't allow the limits to be limits. They, you know, and so I think when we allow ourselves to dream, we're giving ourselves this freedom and to live slow, man, that is just, 
like refreshing to me. It just, it's like a drink of water. You know, we can have these big dreams, but to live slow, it's to really enjoy the moments, to enjoy the people that we're around and to take stock and inventory and everything that we're doing, but to know that we are capable of huge things, but that it doesn't require the hustle and striving that maybe the world teaches us to. So it's, it's, it's just this, when I hear dream big and live slow, it, that actually is like peace for my soul because it gives me that freedom to dream, but also the permission to be present where I am. Ah, I love that. I love that so much. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom, your heart. Thank you for having me. Oh, I enjoyed this so much. I cannot wait for everyone to hear this. You are such a light. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning in, my angels. I just wish that I could hug you all for listening today. Please, you know what to do. Connect with us if you enjoy this episode. And starting in January 2022, can't believe I'm saying this out loud, I will be offering group coaching for dream big live slow so essentially dream big live slow coaching and i would love for you to join me so keep that on your radar all right that's all i got until next time bye